0: in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today is the third Sunday of Hator, and in the reading today, the Lord speaks about the discipleship and what is required of us who want to be his disciples. We read in the scripture many stories of people who were offered to follow the Lord and who sought to follow the Lord, some people when the Lord responded to them and told them what was needed of them to do in order for them to be able to be disciples some agreed and followed and did according to what he said and we read also about others who are not able to do what it is that he said but every time someone would come to to follow him there would be something given to them th- from the Lord said to them from the Lord that would be required and necessary of them in order for them to accept what does it mean to be a disciple. And this is what the Lord is speaking about here. And it says here in Luke 14, 26, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And here when the Lord is speaking about hatred, he's not speaking about hatred the way that maybe we think about um, hatred, of hating others, but he's saying that he, we need to be detached from these things. Our primary priority in our life should not be these things. It should not be our families. It should not be our brothers or sisters or children and even ourselves. He says, if, if a person does not hate his own life, then you cannot be my disciple. And this sounds like a very extreme thing to say. He says, if you want to be my disciple and you want to follow me, if you want to be a believer, then you have to hate yourself. This seems like very contrary to the message that we always hear and that we always say about how God actually wants us to love ourselves and that God wants us to love ourselves the way that he loves us. So how is it that he is saying here that we are to hate ourselves? To hate ourselves mean that we deny ourselves the things that we want that are an obstacle between us and him. Meaning if if we truly want him, whatever it is that is in us or around us that is an obstacle that prevents us from approaching him, prevents us from, from strengthening our relationship to him, prevents us from following him, then those are the things that we cut out. This is what it means to be a disciple, that we place our desire to be with the Lord higher than our desire for anything else, higher than our desire to be with anyone else, higher than a desire for any comfort in our life, higher than any goal that we place in our own life, absolutely everything, higher uh, we praise the Lord higher than those things. And so the Lord is making it clear. So what does it actually mean then? What are some of these things that we are required to deny ourselves? What does it mean to hate the self? The first thing we are called to do to be a disciple is to judge the self, to judge ourselves, to look at ourselves honestly and say, who am I? What is it that I am doing? What, what, what are my um, priorities? What is the way that I'm living? Is it pleasing to God or is it not? The right-hand thief, when he was on the cross, he spoke to defend the Lord while speaking to the left-hand thief. He says, do do you not even fear God? So again, the right-hand thief speaking to the left-hand thief. Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Do we look at ourselves and we we, we say uh, about ourselves, we receive the due reward of our deeds? Do we look at ourselves and say, we are not deserving of good things. We are not deserving. We have done nothing good in order to deserve good. The reason that we receive good is because of God's mercy, because of his love and compassion on us, because of the grace that he imparts on us, not because we deserve good, not because we have done good. When we look at ourselves, we should not be Um, so proud of what we find, it doesn't mean that there is nothing good, it doesn't mean that everything that we do is evil or wicked, but there is many things that are lacking, many things that we could have done better and differently. The Lord even speaks about how when we know to do good and we don't do it, it is sin. So if we look at ourselves honestly and soberly, we will find that we are sinners. We will find that we commit sin, the sins of the eyes, the sins of the senses, the sins of the heart, the sins of the mind, the sins, the external sins of our actions, that in many ways we are falling into sin continually, right? This is, th- this is the, the the corrupted nature that we have. We should not defend ourselves. We should say we d- we d- deserve the, the consequences of whatever sin that we are committing. But because we believe in the goodness of God, because we believe in the mercy of God, we believe that God covers us. We believe that God sanctifies us. We believe that God forgives us even despite the sins that we commit. But the first way that we would hate ourselves in the way that the Lord is speaking in order for us to be his disciple is to not defend ourselves. When I examine my heart, that should lead me to repentance. It should lead me to a feeling of of needing God more and more each day. When I excuse my sin, when I justify myself, when I defend myself, essentially what I'm saying is I don't need God. I don't need salvation. I don't need the mercy of God because I'm already fine the way that I am. But when we look and we find sin and darkness, then this is when we are more motivated or we should be more motivated to run toward God because we realize how much in need we are of him. So the first step of discipleship, as the Lord said, is to judge ourselves. The second is to accept the loss. He makes it very clear clear that in order for us to be disciples that there is some kind of loss, there is some kind of sacrifice that we offer. Um, Saint Paul, speaking to the Philippians, he says, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. So the next thing of hating the self means I am willing to give up all that I have. I'm willing to give all of my time to Christ. I'm willing to give all my possessions to Christ. I'm willing to suffer whatever suffering the Lord allows in my life for the sake of him who loves me. For the sake of him who has called me as his son or daughter. Whatever things were gained to me, these I counted for loss. Meaning, before this conversion, before this discipleship, the things that I counted as gain, the things that I put in my bank, m- the metaphorical bank, the things that I valued, the things that I, I, I saw as as, as of, of value that I was proud of having, proud of owning, fr- proud, of, proud of obtaining, these things that were gain. now when I look at them in this discipleship. Now that I'm following Christ, I consider these to be of no value. These are not of the value. The value is in the following of the Lord. The following is the, the value is in being a disciple of Christ. These are the things that are now gained. These are now the things that are of value to me. So as a part of being the disciple, our values change. And I'm not speaking here about some kind of artificial forcing ourselves against our own will, although there is part of that Um, in terms of, of growing spiritually. But the very nature of a spiritual person, the very nature of a disciple of Christ cares about the things of God more than about the things of the world. Looks at the things that maybe we would have previously been so proud of owning and having and being and attaining, and now we're looking at them as with no interest. These things are of no interest to me. Like a person who physically leaves the world and becomes a monk or a nun, and they go to the monastery or the convent because they look at the world and all the things that the world offers and they're just not interested it doesn't it doesn't have any fascination to them it has no value to them what is of much more value to them is to be consecrated in prayer to be consecrated in the service of God to be consecrated in obedience to God this is what they see as valuable what they see as valuable even as we are living in the world and we are not monks or nuns and yet still, we can be detached from the things that are in the world that we used to think were of such high value that now we look at them and we say, these things are not as important as I thought. They're not as, as, as important to me. They're not as a high priority for me as they used to be. And I count them as loss so that I can gain Christ. I willingly give them up so that I can gain Christ. Maybe a very basic example of this is fasting. You know, We are now in the period of fasting, the Advent fast um since thursday um all the way until the feast of the nativity on january 7th and here we are doing a very basic simple thing which is giving up certain kinds of food and we're saying i count this as loss you know maybe this isn't what i would desire this isn't what i would prefer maybe i I would want to eat more i would want to eat different kinds of food the foods that i like but i'm counting it as loss because I, i see that fasting has a spiritual benefit And because it has a spiritual benefit, I seek it out. I seek the gain, the spiritual gain of it, and I count as lost the things that I leave behind as of not being of such high value. I'm willing to give up anything because I recognize that what Christ offers me is better than what I have left behind. The third way that we would hate ourselves in the sense of discipleship that the Lord is calling us for is to accept rebuke. It's one thing for me to judge myself. It's one thing for me to look at myself and say I have sinned and I, I, I know myself. But it's quite another thing when someone else notices my weakness, notices my sin, and rebukes me for something that I have done and then I accept it with humility, right? There are times even where we rebuke ourselves where we know our weakness in some area and we know that we are you know struggling in some area and have a weakness but the moment that somebody comes and points it out on us we get very defensive right because I don't want it to be seen I don't want others to say about me that I have failed in some way or I've made some mistake or I've done something wrong Um, King David um, his story of falling into sin with Bathsheba with killing her husband and so on. In this period of time in the life of King David, it almost seems like he was a completely different person. In those chapters where he is kind of taken with lust and his desire to be with her, when you read about him, you don't see any of the characteristics that you normally would find in King David um, present. It's like completely different. But at the end, how is it that he kind of came to himself and he accepted that what he did was wrong it's because Nathan the prophet rebuked him, and immediately the famous verse of after he was rebuked by the prophet, as he said, "What I have sinned against the Lord," even though he was the king, you know, he could have he could have done easily, and many other kings um, did just defend themselves, defend their actions, even put to death anyone who happened to stand against them or to rebuke them, but he accepted um, the rebuke. Sometimes we admit to ourselves that something is wrong, but we don't accept this from others. But how is it that God reaches us? Maybe God sends others to to reach us. Maybe we hear the voice of God and the voice of other people who are coming to wake us up from some kind of slumber that we are in, some kind of uh, weakness that we have, some kind of bad habit that we have. True humility and true discipleship is not trying to pretend or to defend, but to simply accept that I am a sinner and I am weak. Who are we fooling? Are we fooling ourselves? Are we fooling God? We all are sinners. We all are weak. This should not be something surprising to us. Um, In order for me to be successful at being a disciple of Christ, I have to be willing to accept um, rebuke that I am am not doing everything as I should. When I go to confession, my true uh, purpose should be truly to confess, to be transparent, to unload the things that are maybe embarrassing, the things that are painful, the things that I don't want others to know, this is what confession is about. And to hear from my father of confession whatever he has to say to me, whatever he wants me to do, this is the life of discipleship that I um, I, I subordinate my will to the will of God and to the will of those whom um, God has placed me in their trust. A fourth way of accepting discipleship and to being in a life of a disciple, to hate ourselves in this way, is to believe that I do not own anything, that nothing actually belongs to me, that everything that I receive, I have received it from God. King David, um, when he wanted to build the house of God, he said the following. He said, O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house, for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. Meaning all of the materials, all of the labor, everything that we are preparing for in order to build your house is actually coming from you. There is nothing coming from us. Everything that we have, ha- we have received it from you. And all the work um, that, that we will do is actually because you gave us the energy, the power, the ability to be able to do that work from you. Um, in Acts 21, um, St. Paul, when he was speaking about his own ministry, he said, when he had greeted them, he told them, or, or this isn't a quote, this is speaking about him. It says, when he had greeted them, he told in detail those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. St. Paul, who had traveled the entire world, St. Paul, who gave up um, so many of the comforts of this life in order to to, uh, to preach, to convert, to baptize, to establish churches, and we read about all of his tireless efforts that he does all throughout, and then he says about it, what? Um, the, the, the things which God had done among the Gentiles, all the things that God is doing. God is doing good things, right? He's not attributing it to himself. He does not say, I am doing good things. He's saying, God is doing good things. He chooses to use me and this ministry, but God is the one. He attributed the success to God even though he had toiled. So in order for me to be a disciple, I have to believe that I own nothing. Not my efforts, not, not my physical possessions, and not even my own body belongs to me, but is in the hands of God. Whatever God decides for my life, whatever direction God wants me to go, wherever he wants me to be, whatever service he wants to be in, whoever he wants my family to be, wherever he wants me to live, absolutely everything in my life is directed by him. Whatever purpose he wants for me is the purpose that I want to pursue. It is not something that I am um, fighting against his will, but I'm trying to discover his will. What is the will of God and choosing to follow? This is humility and this is discipleship. To believe that the purpose of God is better than my own purpose. To believe that what God has prepared is better than what I am preparing and to trust that he is leading me to a good place. The fifth point of how to be a disciple is to accept the idea of self-discipline. Saint Paul, he said to the Corinthians, but I discipline my body and bring it to subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Meaning I don't give my flesh everything that it wants. I don't don't yield to every desire. Whatever it is that my flesh is seeking, I have to um, think about is this something beneficial or not beneficial. sometimes we uh, go into a mode where we just want to please ourselves in whatever way whatever it is the desire that i have i want to give it to my flesh but but here even saint paul the one who preached to the world the one who is the most famous saint who wrote most of the new testament even he he says i have to discipline myself even he says i must control my my desires control my urges so that i do not give in to temptation this is another Um, aspect of discipleship. God calls it to a certain behavior, to a certain code that we are to follow and if we want to be his disciple we must follow. Another characteristic of a disciple is someone who is able to forgive. Um, St. Paul when he was speaking about the Jews he said, I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart for I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren my countrymen according to the flesh. The Jews um, tried to persecute him. The Jews tried to attack him because he used to be a Pharisee and then he converted to Christianity and so they were trying to kill him. And yet even regarding them, Saint Paul's attitude toward them is that is that I wish that I myself could be accursed from Christ so that they could be saved. Like he was seeking so much their salvation, his desire for their salvation, that he was willing even to be separated from Christ himself so that he could have He could be uh, from Christ himself so that they could be saved. This is the, the energy that he had, the desire, the love, the forgiveness that he had for them. So I have to ask ourselves, sometimes we think that the pursuit of God is purely a theological matter. Meaning if I want to obey God, I have to pray, I have to fast, I have to do the things that the church is telling me to do in terms of my relationship with God. But the Lord made it very clear that we cannot love God without loving the others who are around us. I cannot love God and hate my brother. I cannot love God and not serve the others who are around me. The Lord actually said that every person that we see around us is like Christ himself. It is like we are, we are serving Christ. So if there is someone or a group of people that I am harboring in my heart, anger, resentment, hatred, I cannot say that I am following the Lord as I should when I still have these broken relationships that I have not done my part in trying to resolve. Now there certainly are relationships that nothing that I do can fix them. That maybe from my end, I have made peace and I have forgiven, but the other person has not. And that's fine. That's not my, um, that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to do my part. Have I tried to reconcile? Have I forgiven? Have I done my part to let go of hatred and anger toward a person? Right? This is part of being a disciple of the Lord. It is not just only a purely theological thing. You know, when you look at the the Ten Commandments, four of the commandments are related to our relationship to God, and six of the commandments are related to our relationship with one another. So the idea that our relationship with one another has an impact and effect on our ability to follow God is very important. We cannot be true disciples of Christ if we ignore our responsibilities to one another. The last point um, is to reject self-wisdom. If someone wants to be a disciple of Christ, we have to reject self-wisdom. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, "'Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Why is it that we do not lean on our own understanding? Because our own understanding can deceive us. Our own understanding can lead us astray. This goes to the idea of being accountable to someone. When I have accountability, that person can look at me in an objective way. Maybe when I look at myself, I'm biased. I look at myself, I don't see myself accurately as I should. I cannot continue to progress in my spiritual life and my discipleship of Christ because I do not know myself. As much as I might try to see and examine myself, there are blind spots. There are areas that I cannot see myself well. But someone else, they might look at me and be able to guide me and help me, and I have to be willing to accept their guidance. And the path that God has called me on is, 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 is going to... I'm, I will be able to walk that path whenever someone is guiding me on that path. Not to think that I am by myself and my own wisdom, with my own character, with my own gifts, that I am able to do all of that alone. The, the body of Christ is, is, a, is a church where we rely on one another, where we learn from one another, where we guide one another. And in this way, we have salvation. It is not an individual person on their own who is able to do this by themselves. God calls us to trust him god calls us to trust others who god has placed in our life to help us so finally in conclusion in mark 8:35 it says for whoever desires to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will find it what did the lord mean when he said this he's saying whatever it is that we have We must be willing to sacrifice we must be willing to give it away in order for me to truly find salvation to truly save my life to find in in him the true source of life of strength of victory in him and not in myself and not in the things that maybe i am attached to so in our life we make choices and and to choose to be a christian to choose to follow christ is is not an easy choice it's not just a choice where we receive blessings from God. It's not just a choice where we receive a promise of salvation. While yes, we receive those things, but there is also a part that we play. There's a role that we have to play in order to do what, we, what is necessary to obtain those promises, to follow the Lord and to receive from him the salvation that we long for. It should not just be a belief that we have in our mind, but something that's translated into action. So may God help us to be his disciple. To give us the strength to make the decisions that are necessary in order to follow him and in all things to know that whatever failures that we might happen to fall into the lord can pick us up and the lord can guide us and lead us in the way again and again and again it's not something that i do once it's something that i do for entire life that even as we fail and we still struggle and we get up again and we keep going. This is the life of discipleship that God has called us on. And may God grant all of us this life and a desire to be with him. And glory be to God forever. Amen.